champion. Intercontinental heavyweight champion was in a state of shock when Ricky the Dragon's team came back here. Yeah. But this time, in front of the largest audience in the world, I will not only embarrass you, not only pin you with the one, two, three count, but I'm going to put you out of wrestling for good. Oh, yeah, Dragon. I am the Lord and Master of the Ring, and you're going to find that out one athlete to another right now. You can't be with me, no. History beckons the Macho Man. Oh yeah, it is Friday, November 18th, 2022, and it is Fun Day Friday here on Matt's World, where it is my world and you all just living it. And I'm doing my best impression of the Macho Man because this past Tuesday, the Macho Man had a birthday. Yep, happy birthday to the Macho Man, Randy Savage. And uh, I actually celebrated by going on Wisdom and looking at, back at his favorite matches. Yep, his classic matches. And today, we're going to be looking at the top 10. Oh yeah, the top 10 Macho Man Randy Savage's greatest matches right here for Maddie's top 10. And I'm doing the top 10 because Friday is Black Friday and I will be out. Yep, I will be out that day spending some money, getting some good deals, maybe some graphic novels and comic books. So therefore, uh, I am doing Maddie's Top 10 this week. Uh, <laughs> great impression I just did. And before we get into the Top 10, here are some uh, honorable uh, mentions. Yep, some honorable mentions here. From the Great American Bash, 1995, Savage vs. Flair. Of course, this is where they had their first match since um, 1992 against each other. And, you know, that's when Randy involved um, his dad, Angelo Poffo. And <clears throat> Flair won the match by hitting uh, Savage with his father's cane. And then, of course, that led to them feuding for most of 95 until, like, early 96. And it's a great, it's a great match actually. It's a great match, and uh, some of the matches in WCW rank up there with their matches in '92, actually, in my opinion. Next we have Tuesday in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage versus Jake the Snake Roberts, and this was Randy Savage's first match uh, back after the. Um, retirement match he lost at wrestlemania 7 and he got married to elizabeth uh jake roberts developed a obsession with elizabeth and also we all remember the part where the snake bit randy on the arm and this was a fight it was a great fight great match and i also talked about it on um on my wisdom as well and of course uh the match is most remembered for after the match, when after Randy won, Jake DDT'd Savage three times, and then, of course, slapped Elizabeth in the face, and then we had the emotional uh, promo by Macho Man afterwards, and yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was intense and a shocking moment, too, because um, 
we've seen like women like you know like sensational sherry be body slammed and stuff but uh we've never seen an actual woman be slapped and jake roberts just slapped elizabeth i mean like that was so shocking and it's a good match and worth uh looking at if uh, you ever get the chance next wrestlemania 10 macho man randy savage versus crush no holds barred false count anywhere uh, this was Macho Man's last uh, WrestleMania match, and then about several months later, he would be gone from the company and heading down to WCW, and the match with, with Crush, I mean, was awesome, you know, um, no holds barred, false count anywhere, I mean, of course, you know, there's no blood or anything like that, and um, by today's standards, it's considered, it might be considered lame by some because it's like, you know, they have 60 seconds to get back into the ring, but I loved it, and I have a soft spot for that match, especially because it was, um, it was a match that I saw on VHS. Yep, I rented WrestleMania 10 from uh, Blockbuster, and it was the first uh, wrestling video that I ever rented, so I'm very proud of that. So it has a soft spot in my heart. Then we have Uncensored 98, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Hulk Hogan in the Steel Cage. And of course, this was the battle for the control of the NWO. And it was a good, bloody match. And it showed that these two guys at their age, you know, they can still go at it and beat the shit out of each other. And of course, the match ends when Sting drops down from the heavens. And we think, uh, you know, Savage and Hogan are going to fight off the Disciple and Hogan. But then Savage decked Sting and pile drivered him and, you know, he left the cage saying, I never liked you, I never will. And Hogan goes, you work for me. You work for me. You're part of the NWO, like it or not. And this led to Savage and Sting at Spring Stampede 98, which would lead to the next night, Hogan beating Savage for the belt on Nitro and the formation of the NWO Wolfpack. And... Still a wonderful match, and if you're a fan of Steel Cage matches, then that match is for you. Next, we have SummerSlam 88, the Mega Bucks versus the Mega Powers at the first SummerSlam in Madison Square Garden, 1988. And this was after WrestleMania 4. Savage won the title, thanks to Hogan. And Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase teamed up to want to take them out. And Hogan and Savage form the Mega Powers, and of course they beat him with Jesse the Body Ventura as a special guest referee. And you know there would be a tag team until Saturday Night's main event when they would split up, and then they would have uh, their feud for the rest of 1989, including their match at WrestleMania Five. And speaking of WrestleMania Four. WrestleMania 4, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ted DiBiase for the WWF Championship. Yep, the tournament final. And this was a pretty historic match, you know, because um, this was Macho Man winning his first world title. And, of course, the title had been vacated after the controversial Saturday Night Main Event match between Andre and Hogan. And... And, you know, we saw Macho Man, you know, take on, you know, three opponents to get to there. Of course, Ted DiBiase had a bye, you know, after the after his first match and what have you. And just a 
you know, a great mount moment, you know, Hogan hitting DiBiase with the chair in the back, and then Savage coming off with the top rope and dropping the elbow and getting the one, two, three, and, you know, it really did put him up there as a, as a main eventer, and, and actually when he was champion, you know, he did defend the title, uh, mostly against Andre the Giant, uh, Ted DiBiase, and Bad News uh, Brown. He worked with uh, Bad News Brown for a bit, too. And then, of course, it would lead to him uh, dropping the title in the next year at WrestleMania 5 against Hulk Hogan. So now we got all that out of the way. Let's get into the top 10. Ooh, yeah. Uh-huh. Coming in at number 10, Spring Stampede 97, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Diamond Dallas Page in an ODQ match. And, of course, this feud started when at Uncensored 97, Macho Man um, had a, a cover of the Playboy uh, nude celebrities, and we saw DDP's wife at the time, Kimberly, in there. And, of course, revealing that he's DDP was Kimberly's husband. And then we saw Kimberly come out being spray-painted NWO. And then Macho Man from behind attacked him. And thus that led to their match at Spring Stampede 97. And it was a no-DQ match. And funny story behind this is that, um, uh, you know, one of the... One of the agents, I forget who it was, uh, asked Randy, you know, so what are you going to do tonight? And Macho Man, he's like lacing off his boots and he goes, well, uh, think I'll take the diamond cutter tonight. And and thus, you know, they went out and had a tremendous match and it was a main event match too. I mean, this was a WCW main event match without Hulk Hogan. And it was also the second spring stampede in the history of WCW. Uh, the first one was in 1994, where Flair and Steamboat had a had a good match. You know, you know. I mean, of course, it's not as great as their rivalry matches in '89, but still, it's a pretty um, adequate match and still worth looking at. But uh, Spring Stampede '97, this was only the second Spring Stampede because, um, well, for some reason, they never went back it for a few years and then they finally brought it back and macho man and ddp i mean this was a good old-fashioned street fight i mean they were um hitting each other with chairs and garbage cans and also at one point uh dave pencer got attacked you know he got bitch slapped by macho man and then um you know savage uh beat up the referee and then of course um you know Dropped the elbow, and of course there was no referee. And then later, uh, Nick Patrick, the evil NWO referee, came out. And then DDP hooked Savage with the with a diamond cutter, rolled him over, thought he had the pin, and then all. And then Nick Patrick, you know, of course reluctantly gave him the one, two, three. And, of course, after the match, Kevin Nash uh, powerbombs Nick Patrick straight to hell. And then Savage, at one point, looked like he was going to slap Kimberly and Bischoff stopped him. And then we saw Bischoff and Savage going at it for a bit, and the NWO imploded. And 
this still to this day is a great um hardcore match and it kind of revitalized macho man's uh career it showed that he could still go in the ring and it also elevated um ddp because uh ddp for had been wrestling for a while after being a manager and you know he was still in mid card you know he was like a television champion united states champion but after the match with Savage, you know, people really started to take notice of him and people were starting to think, well, maybe he could uh, be a main eventer. And then, of course, it led to, you know, the tag match with Karl Malone at uh, Bash at the Beach 98. Then it led to, uh, of course, the tag match with Jay Leno at Hog Wild 98, uh, Road Wild 98, I should say. And then to the match with Goldberg at Halloween Havoc 98. And then... Um, and then eventually becoming the world champion. So it all started right here with the first match with Macho Man Randy Savage at Spring Stampede 98. It all started from there. And the second match we're going to look at, number nine, Great American Bash 97, Macho Man versus DDP, no DQ match. Of course, this was the rematch. And going into this match, DDP had uh, some... Had some bad ribs, you know, he was selling, um, you know, the, you know, rib injury and was still gutting it out and fighting with Macho Man. And another great um, no DQ match. I mean, just excellent brawling. And then, of course, Scott Hall comes out, interferes in the match and also gives DDP the, um, the outsider's edge, leading to Macho Man winning. And another good match between these two i mean i mean these matches right here between savage and ddp is a good example of that uh you know sometimes a hardcore match really doesn't need blood you know i mean would blood have um you know would have helped a little bit i mean absolutely but this match um these matches here they almost don't didn't need blood yeah they almost really did not need blood from either one of these guys and speaking of which, coming in at number eight, Halloween Havoc 97, Macho Man versus DDP, Deathmatch. Of course, uh, this one was not the main event. The main event would be Hogan and Piper in a steel cage. But uh, this match, uh, along with Rey Mysterio and uh, Eddie Guerrero in the title versus mask match that same night, this was the match that stole the show. I mean, the I mean, yeah, two matches uh, right there that stole the show. I would say this one, but number one was Mysterio and Guerrero, I mean, by far. And, you know, of course, the death match, you know, Texas death rules what and whatever, what have you. And... You know, just a great brawl between these two. And I like the fight, uh, the part where uh, Elizabeth and Kimberly finally went at it. And uh, Dusty Rhodes, he's going, can't fight, can't fight, can't fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I miss Dusty. And uh, my other favorite part was when Macho Man finally, uh, well, first he failed with his first off the top rope elbow drop but then he got the second one on ddp and he went uh and bobby brain he goes bullseye that's it and tony goes that's over bullseye that's it <laughs> yeah and i was thinking the same thing too you know 
And then, of course, the match ends with uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan dressed as a fake sting, taking a baseball back to DDP's ribs, and the match was over. Randy Savage got the 10-count win and then attacked DDP on the stretcher. And, you know, that match, I mean, I mean, out of all three of these uh, matches that they had against each other, I gotta say the Halloween Havoc match is the best one because it was a death match. It wasn't about pinfalls, you know, where it was just about surviving, like who could get up before the count of 10. So, and I like those type of matches too. I mean, those type of matches are just awesome. And coming in at number seven from Saturday night's main event, Macho Man Randy Savage versus the Honky Tonk Man. This match was for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Honky Tonk Man, of course, uh, won the title from Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, uh, who three months earlier had defeated Macho Man at WrestleMania 3. And so Macho Man at this point was turning into a good guy, and he's going after the Honky Tonk Man for the IC title. And at one point during the match, uh, Savage uh, decked Jimmy Hart and the Hart Foundation. Jim and Brett came out, and those guys, along with Honky, they they escorted um, Honky Tonk Man back. I mean, escorted Jimmy Hart back to ringside area, and then coming back from the commercial, uh, Honky Tonk. Man and Macho Man were going at it again. And the match ends in a disqualification. You know, the hearts interfere. And and then we also saw Honky Talk Man uh, deliver the guitar shot to Macho Man's head. And, of course, coming out to save the day was the Hulkster himself. And... They go out there, they clean house, and then at the end, they wind up shaking each other's hands. And we see a little bit of the seed. Yeah, we see the seed being planted for the beginning of the Mega Powers. And these two had uh, fought each other in the past. And, you know, they had some, uh, some matches against each other in Boston Garden and also everywhere else. And so now we were going to see them form the tag team. And that match is most remembered for after the match. I mean, I mean during the match, I mean, it was pretty good. You know, it's a pretty good match, and it's worth watching. But the moment, uh, pretty much, uh, of Hogan and Savage uh, shaking hands, that definitely overshadows the match. But the match is still pretty good to watch. And if you're an old-school fan of Saturday night's main event, then that is the match for you. And coming in at number six... SummerSlam 92 for the World Wrestling Federation title. Macho Man Randy Savage in a WrestleMania 7 rematch against the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> My little uh, Vince McMahon impression there. And what happened was is that uh, Ultimate Warrior had come back to the company in, at WrestleMania 8, saving Hulk Hogan from Papa Shango and Sid Justice. And Hogan was taking a, using my fingers, using air quotes, sabbatical. And so Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior were the top two baby faces of the company. And 
Warrior was named the number one contender for the world title. And, of course, uh, Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect stuck their noses in it. And they tried stirring the pot by claiming that one of them had sold out. And, uh, and of course, uh, Ric Flair didn't even have a match at SummerSlam 92. You know, that's the other thing. He didn't have a match at SummerSlam 92. Not one match. Not a dark match. Not nothing. And so we get to the match at Wembley, uh, Wembley Stadium. And, you know, these two are going at it, you know, Savage and Warrior. And it's a good match. And then Flair and Perfect come in. And we first see them uh, trip up Savage. And then they... And then we think, you know, the Warriors sold out, and then they beat out the Warrior, and then we think that Macho Man sold out. And finally, Savage uh, goes for a double X handle on um, Flair, and then Flair hits him with the chair, and he hurt his knee. And then Savage couldn't get back into the ring, and thus uh, the Ultimate Warrior won by a countout. And then we see the Warrior chase away Flair and Perfect, and... Thus, um, they, you know, they sell their differences, and Warrior actually helped Savage uh, to backstage area. And of course, Savage would uh, dump the title to Ric Flair in September, you know, in a TV taping. Of course, that's where um, Flair made Randy Savage pass out from the figure four leg lock. And then Flair would drop the title soon to Brett the Hitman Hart in Saskatoon, Canada. Yep. And actually, on this same night at SummerSlam 92 at Wembley Arena, uh, Bret Hart uh, lost the Intercontinental title to the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith, in the greatest Intercontinental title match of all time, in my opinion. Um, I mean, definitely. I mean, definitely is. And then afterwards, uh, Savage and Warrior would form the Ultimate Maniacs for a short period of time until Warrior and Bulldog got busted for steroids and they both left the company. And it led to Survivor Series 92 where Perfect would uh, team with Macho Man after being slapped by Bobby the Brain Heenan against Ric Flair and the bad guy, Razor Ramon. So there's that. And this match is, um, you know, almost as good as their uh, WrestleMania 7 match, the career-ending match, but, um, you know, not quite. I mean, it's still a good match. It's still worthy to watch. And plus, it's part of one of the greatest SummerSlams of all time, which was SummerSlam 92. And coming in at number five from Boston Garden... The Macho Man Randy Savage versus Tito Santana for the Intercontinental Championship, February 8th, 1986. And Santana and Macho Man had fought uh, earlier in the Garden, and of course Santana walked out with the belt. And this time, this is the rematch, and... You know, they were having a great match, and, you know, Macho Man injured his knee. You know, he went for a knee drop, and he missed. And Santana was going for the knee. And then uh, Macho Man, of course, won the match by because um, he had, like, a metal um, rod there in his tights. And Santana went to go give him a 
belly-to-back suplex back in the ring. And Savage hit him with it in the forehead, knocked him out, and he got the one, two, three. And that was very um, historic in the Boston Garden because uh, that match was also broadcasted on Nessun. Yep, Nessun, right here in Boston. And that channel was, um, you know, known for a lot of Bruins and Celtics games and Red Sox games. But, uh, you know, at that time, they did broadcast wrestling, you know, WWF wrestling, you know, whenever the WWF came to, uh, to the Garden. And on the, uh, and of course, in the main event on that one was Rowdy Ronnie Piper versus Bruno... C- San Martino in a bloody steel cage match. And, but this match was definitely uh, the match that stole the show uh, that night. And, you know, Macho Man winning the Intercontinental title, you know, he went on to have a year long reign. And then, of course, would lose it to Steamboat at WrestleMania 3. But would be propelled to the main event status, you know, winning the world title. And this match, for historical reasons alone, should be worth watching. Absolutely. Next, WrestleMania 8, coming in at the number 4 spot. We have Macho Man Randy Savage versus the Kiss Stealing. Woo! Wheeling Dealing. Limousine Riding. Jet Flying. Son of a gun, the nature boy, Ric Flair. And with this match, uh, originally it was supposed to be Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. But for some unknown reason, it got changed. And we wound up with a double main event that saw Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ric Flair for the title. And we saw Sid Justice versus Hulk Hogan. And this began the storyline of she was yours before she was mine and we see rick flair with those uh you know fake pictures of him and elizabeth trying to show that you know miss elizabeth was having an affair you know he was uh having sex with elizabeth before macho man and it turned out to be false and i saw this match on vhs i had the wrestlemania 8 vhs tape um, that I um, that I bought in a store as part of the WrestleMania collection, you know, the one through fourteen video collection. And this match was just total nonstop action. I mean, Macho Man running to the ring, and then you know, just going after Flair, and you know, even made Flair bleed too, busted him open. And the story about there's a story behind that is that. Um, WWF at that time, you know, they had wanted to, like, um, pull back on the bleeding, you know, and stuff. And, of course, as we all know in wrestling, you know, they get they get a little razor, cut their head, and then you hit them hard enough in that place, and then they start bleeding. Well, that was done away with. And before that match, there was Bret Hart and Rowdy Ronnie Piper for the Intercontinental title, and uh, Piper busted open Bret Hart. Of course, he made it look like it was hard way. Yeah, and if you look at back at that match, I mean, oh, God, Bret Hart was just 
gushing blood. And, of course, they made it look like it was, uh, you know, like it was hard way, you know, like, of course, hard way is when you make them bleed for real, you know, really hitting the skin. And with uh, Flair, of course, he didn't do hard way. He did the traditional, you know, cutting and got busted open. Of course, uh, as many people will joke, you know, it's not a, it's not a Ric Flair match unless he's bleeding. And, you know, Ric Flair in dozens of his matches has bled. I mean, my God. I mean, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a Ric Flair match where Flair was just gushing blood. Um, and, of course, Flair, he got uh, fined for that. In fact, actually, uh, Vince McMahon, uh, when he talked to him about it, you know, Vince, he went, you'll never learn. <laughs> But it made for a great match, though, you know, and, of course, the ending coming with uh, Mr. Perfect interfering, you know, slamming a steel chair in the macho man's knee, Ric Flair, uh, you know, applying the figure four leg lock, and then we see Miss Elizabeth walk down to ringside because she can't stand it anymore, and there's people, you know, security guards and referees trying to prevent her, trying to get her to the back, and one of them was actually Shane McMahon. Yep, a very young Shane McMahon making his WrestleMania debut at WrestleMania 8. And then Savage eventually wins the match by a small package on Flair using the trunks. And he wins the match and then he cuts... Um, and of course later, you know, after Elizabeth uh, slaps Flair, you know, after Flair kissed her and stuff... Um, Macho Man, you know, he cuts a great promo, you know, he's like, you know, I've only gotten a piece of you, you may not have been beaten properly, you know, and all that stuff. I mean, of course, Macho Man, you know, one of the greatest uh, promo guys in the history of pro wrestling. And also Ric Flair cut a good promo, too. He cut a good promo um, before the match and also cut a promo after the match, you know, you see him bleeding and stuff like that. And it's a tremendous match. It was the... First of many matches that they would have against each other. And uh, Macho Man and Ric Flair, you know, they were each other's uh, best rivalries. One of their best rivalries ever, you know. Um, as far as, like, you know, like, top ten or top five, I would say, like, uh, both at number five. Both their rivalries are in the number five spot, most definitely. And coming in at number three... From WrestleMania 5, the Mega Powers explode! Macho Man Randy Savage versus Hulk Hogan for the world title. And of course, as we all know, Hogan helped Savage win the title at WrestleMania 4. They formed the Mega Powers. Randy gets jealous of Hogan uh, hugging on Elizabeth. He thinks that you know, Hogan has a lust for Elizabeth. And then on Saturday night's main event, Savage uh, slapped the shit out of Hogan and then attacked Hogan in the backstage area. And then it led to their match at WrestleMania 5. And that match, it definitely had a big fight feel. And it told a great story. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Macho Man, you know, here he is a year into his world title reign. And he's back to being the bad guy. He's back to being... You know, possessive over Elizabeth, and you know, 
you know, and of course he's, you know, bitching at her during the match, you know, telling her, like, stay in the corner and, you know, do this and all that stuff. And then eventually, uh, one point Savage looked like he was going to hit Elizabeth and, you know, the referee stopped him and told Elizabeth to go, you know, to go backstage, you know, go back to the locker room. And then after, and then afterwards, you know, Macho Man drops the elbow, Hogan hooks up, big boot, leg drop, and the win, and Hogan poses. And, of course, their rivalry would continue because, like, they even showed uh, one time after the, um, after the event, uh, Miss Elizabeth uh, was being interviewed, and then um, Sensational Sherry comes in, and Sherry and Savage, you know, they're, you know, they're taking it, you know, they're just, like, lambasting, you know, Elizabeth. Hogan tries to come in for the save, and they beat up on Hogan, and thus that led to... Randy Savage uh, being managed by uh, Sensational Sherry. And then would later change his name to the Macho King for a short period of time. And that also led to the um, SummerSlam 89 and uh, No Holds Barred the match. You know, tag team matches with Brutus Beefcake and... So... <laughs> yeah and it's a wonderful match you know i mean it's the i mean out of all the matches hulk hogan and macho man have had against each other over the years uh this has been their best one i mean they had some tremendous matches in the boston garden earlier in during savage's um reign as intercontinental champion but um but this one is by far the best match uh, they ever had against each other. And I first saw this match on a WrestleMania 5 VHS tape that my auntie Ree gave me. And then I later on bought the WrestleMania 5 uh, VHS tape. And still to this day, my all-time favorite uh, match between these two. And they are, without a doubt, each other's best uh, rivalry. I mean, those two really did bring out the best in each other. And coming in at number two, WrestleMania 7, Macho King, Randy Savage versus The Ultimate Warrior in a career-ending match. And with this match, Macho Man had caused The Ultimate Warrior, the WWF Championship at Royal Rumble 91, hitting the Warrior in the face with the scepter after Warrior refused to give the Macho Man a title shot. Sergeant Slaughter won and wound up uh, in the main event against Hogan that year at WrestleMania 7, and thus it led to the career-ending match. And I first saw this match on a VHS tape that, once again, my Auntie Ree gave me. Love you, Auntie Ree. Love you so much. And happy Thanksgiving, by the way. And this match was, like, awesome, you know, and, um, you know, it told a great story, and, you know, just the physicality of it was awesome as well. Uh, Macho Man dropped, like, maybe, like, five elbow drops from the top rope, and then the Ultimate Warrior kicked out. Then the Warrior gave him the, you know, the press slam and the splash, and then Savage kicked out, and then Warrior starts talking to his... Hands. He's talking to the gods. He's like, 
you know, is this my destiny and whatever, and then Savage attacks Warrior, and then Warrior starts a comeback, and he goes, now I know, and then he starts giving those uh, flying shoulder tackles to Savage, and then got the one, two, three. And it was a tremendous match, and if you're a fan of either one of these guys, then that's a match you definitely need to watch. And the big moment came when, after the match, when Sherry was uh, kicking the crap out of Savage, and, you know, because she's mad that he lost. And then Miss Elizabeth, uh, Miss Elizabeth was actually in the audience, um... You know, she had been, you know, she had been off TV for, for a while. And then she runs to the ring and then, you know, uh, beats up Sherry. And then Savage gets up and sees that, sees Elizabeth. And, you know, he sees that it was Sherry that, um, that was kicking him and stuff. And then they embrace and you hear the Macho Man's music go off. And he's going off into retirement. And actually, the real story behind it was that uh, Randy had injured his, uh, I think it was his left thumb. And so he had to have some time off to heal. And that's when he started uh, doing broadcasting on, you know, superstars. And then, of course, eventually would be brought back into the ring, you know, to start the rivalry with uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. And this is... A match that definitely stole the show at WrestleMania 7, you know, and, um, I mean, Slaughter and Hogan was the main event, and they had a good match, too, but this match by far blows, uh, the main event match out of the water, you know, because it, because, again, you know, it told a good story, and, you know, these guys fighting for their careers, and, of course, at the end, you know, Macho Man and Elizabeth reunite, and so it, Makes for a great match. And finally, the number one greatest Macho Man match of all time. Drum roll, please. WrestleMania 3. Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the Inner Connell Championship. And, of course, uh, we all know the story of Macho. Man injured Ricky Steamboat by dropping a timekeeper's bell on his throat, and he was choking, and they did vignettes where they showed Steamboat trying to talk, and then Steamboat finally comes back, and he goes after the Macho Man, and they're going to go at each other at WrestleMania 3. And before that, uh, Macho Man, you know, as Intercontinental Champion, was also in a feud with George the Animal Steel. And, you know, they showed Steel, like, lusting after Elizabeth and what have you. And, of course, Macho Man always wound up um, beating George Steel. And they, they even had a match at the second WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania 2 at the uh, Nassau Coliseum in New York. And, of course, the main event for that one was uh, Rowdy Ronnie Piper and Mr. T in a boxing match. And so, Dorsey Animal Steel agreed to be in Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's corner. And, of course, you just heard that, uh, you heard that promo in the beginning of the show here. And they went out there, and they absolutely, positively stole the show. I mean, move for move, and, you know, I mean, uh, high spots as well, you know, the double axe handle from the 
from the top rope and the flying, you know, karate chop from Steamboat. I mean, still to this day, it is considered um, one of the greatest Intercontinental title matches of all time. And not only of WrestleMania, but of just WWE, period. Of course, I would say number one would be Bulldog and Bret Hart at uh, SummerSlam 92. But this one is definitely a strong number two. And, you know, it just it just really did tell a great story. You know, Steamboat coming for Savage's belt and also for revenge. And, and of course, in the end, Steamboat uh, gives a small package to Randy Savage. And he winds up winning the match. And my friend, uh, Anitra Barnes, a.k.a. Sansi. Hey, Sansi. What's up, girl? Love you. Hope you're having a good day at work. Um, her favorite wrestler is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And, of course, she uh, she was more of a WCW uh, person. But she still liked Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. One of the, you know, and, and really, he really is one of the best uh, wrestlers you know, he was one of the best wrestlers of the 80s. I mean, um, you know, high-flying and technical. I mean, not only great matches with uh, Savage, um, but also matches with Ric Flair. We all know the 89 rivalry with, with Flair. And also uh, the Boogie Jam 84 match that they had against each other where they went to a to a draw. And, and of course, uh, you know, teaming with Shane Douglas, you know, beating, um, you know, Austin and Pillman in their primes in WCW when they were the Hollywood Blondes. Yeah, he, and even wrestling uh, Steve Austin one-on-one, -on -one, they had a rivalry for the television title, the United States title before his retirement. And, you know, Ricky Steamboat is just amazing to watch. You know, he's just that great of a wrestler. But, of course, you know, Macho Man, he definitely held his own as well. And now when you think about WrestleMania matches that steal the show, I mean, of course, you got to think about uh, this match. I mean, this was really the first one that stole the show because, you know, 93,000-plus fans packed the Pontiac Silverdome to see Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. And that was the main event. I mean, it was the main event by far. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But at the end of the night, they were saying Savage and Steamboat had the best match. And it really did set the standard for future WrestleMania matches. And it's definitely a must-watch for any fan of pro wrestling. Not just a fan of Macho Man or Steamboat or WrestleMania or of WWE, WWF. No, this is... A match for all people to watch period end of conversation I mean I and let me tell you something even for non-wrestling fans this is one of these wrestling matches that I would recommend for people who are not necessarily a fan of pro wrestling or would never seen pro wrestling before I would absolutely positively recommend this match Matter of fact this just gave me a good idea for another uh, countdown too for Maddie's top 10 so, oh, just gave myself a good idea. And with that being said, uh, that's going to be end of today's show. And I'll be back on Monday with Mental Health Monday. So hope you guys uh, tune in for that. Sorry I've been absent for a while, but uh, I'm trying to get back. And I will do 
a um, I will do a wrestle, yeah, classic wrestling um, Wednesday as well. Yeah, I will do a classic uh, wrestling. Well, actually, I'll do a, a special classic wrestling. Yeah, I'll do a, a classic wrestling Wednesday as well. Um, well, not this Wednesday, but uh, next Wednesday. But uh, pretty soon it'll be brought back. You know, I tried to do one episode, but uh, I was experiencing some. Uh... No, wait, I was. Um... No, sorry, I was on. Yeah, I was on a date. Yeah, I was on a date uh, that Wednesday. And, um, of course, that date was with the lovely autistic travel goddess. Yep. And, of course, you can find her on Instagram.com. So, uh, had a great date with her, and uh, she's a nice person, a fellow Aspie on, you know, who lives in Boston. Well, originally she's from Philly, but now she resides in um in boston she's been everywhere almost everywhere and she's a nice girl a nice person and also if you're listening to this hi can't wait to call you tonight and that's about it thank you all so much for listening in and until then don't have a good day have a great day Ooh yeah